Good morning, Total Grace family, and welcome to day 27 of our 30 days of communion with the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And as you come into this sacred space, uh, we're praying and believing that God would do uh, some wonderful things with you today. And to start off your week, we have come together and God is blessed as we have come through the weekend, had some amazing testimonies of how God healed, how God opened doors. Uh, we're receiving testimonies from all across this uh, nation and from around the world of what God is doing when we commit ourselves to communing with him and being devoted to his word. So thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir, for uh, committing to us, uh, committing with us to lift up the name of Jesus. To Remember, we're deepening our relationship with God through fellowship, the fellowship of communion, the fellowship of reading his word, praying, meditating. Those are all the tools necessary to deepen our walk with God. And you know your walk with God gets deeper for when you uh, start to converse about what God is doing and about the things that God has said. It starts to ooze out of you. Uh, for the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And we thank God for the living water that is flowing out of each and every one of you who are participating with us in this daily communion. And I want to clarify on yesterday, uh, I made a announcement. Um, this book, this book here, 100 Names of God. Uh, so what I'm going to do, uh, as I said yesterday, is the first three people who email me at totalgracela at gmail.com. Again, that email address, totalgracela at gmail.com. The first three people that email me, I'm going to drop this book in the mail to you. Please, when you email me, uh, include your mailing information. I want to get this book in your hands. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, so if you want more information about what was said specifically from this book, go back and watch yesterday's message, and I'm sure you'll be blessed by what you will learn about Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. So that's my gift to you uh, as ministry partners, as people who are seeking the Lord, seeking a deeper relationship with him. Amen. Saints of God, meet me now in John chapter 5, 1 John. First John, First uh, John, very small letter, an epistle in the back of our Bibles. You'll see first, second, third John, those little letters that are rarely preached from. But this morning, that's where we'll take our assignment from. First John, uh, chapter five. We're going to read verses eighteen through twenty. First John, chapter five. We're going to read verses eighteen through twenty. Uh, here, we want to glean from what the writer of first john is telling the believer this book is specifically written specifically written to the believer and we want to glean uh, from that truth of what he is saying to the believer and so as we do each and every morning when we come before you uh, we want to sanctify this moment we want to saturate it with prayer we want to ask invite god into this space we want to ask him to sanctify our hearts and minds that we may commune with him without any hindrance, without any barriers, without anything blocking us in this moment. Now, saints of God, it's so easy for our minds to wonder. And one of the disciplines that comes along with communing, communing is to discipline the mind. Discipline the mind, meaning intently focusing on Christ. Intently focusing on the word. 
sometimes when we engage in prayer and we get ready to read the Bible, we have the grocery list going. We have, I have to wash clothes. I have to fold the clothes. I have a laundry list of other things to do. But this morning, uh, will you just for the moments that we have, not worry about those things that are going to take place later, but invest in your spirit right now. Invest in your soul. And don't allow the busyness of this world to take away from what you need in order to grow, thrive, and be the best Christian you can be. So come on, join me. Join me now. Let's sanctify this moment. Open your mouth and give God an audible praise. Open your mouth and give God audible worship. Open your mouth and begin to give God audible thanksgiving. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, God. We bless you, God. Hallelujah, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you and we bless you. We honor you in this moment. And now, God, in the name of Jesus, as we go into your word, we go in, God, with open hearts and open minds to glean from what the Spirit has said to the church. And now, will oh God, make us one with you through the reading and understanding of your word. Father, withhold no good thing from us, but bless us, God. Bless us, God. Bless us as you see fit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 1 John chapter 5, beginning at verse number 18. The Bible says this from the NIV. We know that anyone born of God, I want you to underscore that, anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Harmatia, continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe. And the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We also know that the Son of God has come and given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being his son, by being in the, his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. The writer here of John, 1 John, starts each statement, these are declarations, with the phrase, we know. We know. Good no sky. We know. He, he starts each phrase with the term, we know. He is reminding believers that we have overcome, that you are victors. If you begin reading the beginning of this book, it, it talks about uh, the beginning of this chapter. It talks about how we overcome and the benefits that come with the life that we have with Christ. One of my favorite verses in this chapter is the blessed assurance that we have when it talks about us in prayer. He said that we know that we have our petitions answered because when we talk to God, we are in relationship with him and God answers our prayers. It's all found here in chapter 5. But here in verse 18 through 20, uh, I want to unplug this for us this morning. What is the writer telling us? Well, number one, let's look at verse 18. He says, anyone born of God. In other words, what he is pushing us into from the very onset of verse 18 is that there has been a relationship established with the creator. And that this relationship that is established with the creator, we understand that through this relationship, there are some things that God has pulled us away from and will not allow us to continue to walk in. And that is sin or missing the mark. 
that when we are born of God, the standard of God, like an archer pointing a bow at a bullseye, that God has a certain mark that he requires for us to hit. And as uh, natural human beings in this world, that, that there are times that that mark seems impossible to hit. There are times when that mark seems too far out. It seems like in my own walk, God, I can't meet your standard. And that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus comes in now to help us to meet the standard of God. And that is called righteousness, right standing. Through his shed blood, he puts us in right standing with God. Now, what Jesus does not do is Jesus does not move the mark and call sin righteousness. And so what happens in this book is that Jesus now reminds us, the writer reminds us, is that through the bloodshed of Jesus, we're able to hit the mark of God. And that we should not continue to do those things that caused us to miss the mark. Now, he's writing to a group of believers at a time when there are so many things pulling at their minds. If we put this uh, text in the current context of today's society, social media, friends, spirituality, and all the things that pull us away from seeing God, allowing the world to influence us instead of us as believers influencing the world. He tells us here in verse 18, we know that anyone born of God, anyone in a relationship with God, does not continue to miss the mark. The one who was born of God keeps them safe. And notice the word one in verse 18 is capitalized. That one references Jesus Christ. Christ, through his own shed blood, keeps us safe in that place of covering. And, and I want to take you now, I want you to go quickly, quickly to Psalms 91, and, and let's talk about the safety that's found in Christ. Psalms 91, beginning at verse number one, let's talk about safety in Christ. The psalmist says this in Psalms 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my, watch this, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Jesus keeps us safe because he keeps us in his wings. He's a refuge. He's a place of protection. This is military language where a fort is built upon a hill where you're able to protect yourselves from the enemies. When we live in Christ, Christ is our protection. He who abides under the shadow of the Almighty will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is the place I go and I find find safety. When we find safety in God, not only is that safety from physical hurt, harm, or danger, it's also from the mental attacks, the emotional attacks, the spiritual attacks that the believer comes up under. For Ephesians chapter 6, Paul tells us, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in high places. And as children of God, the enemy attacks us to bring us off course to cause us to miss the marks of God, to cause us to doubt what God has said to you, to cause you to not believe that God would do it in you. And when we consider what the enemy is trying to do to us, if you step back away from the picture of your life and consider the entire frame and what God is painting on the beautiful canvas of your soul and of your life, you will see that God has an amazing purpose and an amazing plan for you. And this amazing plan and purpose cannot be stopped by the enemy. 
but you must dig in. You must grab the horns of the altar and remain in the presence of the Lord. The horns of the altar, the Old Testament, when the priest would go in, there were four horns coming off of each corner of the altar after he would sprinkle the mercy seat. Holding on to the horns of the altar are symbolic of holding on to God. Holding on to God. If I had a senior saint here this morning, uh, they would remind us to hold to his hand, God's unchanging hand. Don't build your hopes on things uh, on this world, but hold on to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal, is what the song says. So here at verse 18, 1 John 5, 18, the one who was born of God keeps them safe, talking about Jesus. And the evil one, Satan, cannot harm them. Satan has to have permission to invade your life. We talked about this in Job. Child of God, Satan cannot show up without God's permission. Satan cannot show up unless God allows. Satan cannot push the envelope in your life if God doesn't allow him to do it. He is what we told you earlier last week, the accuser of the brethren. But our defense attorney, Jesus, the risen Christ, sits and pleads our case before a just and merciful God and reminds God, God, I paid that pardon. I removed that sin stain. I removed guilt. I removed all the things that keep them oppressed and depressed. And now they can walk in with their heads held high. Just what the psalmist said in Psalms 24, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. For the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. And so when the enemy comes in, God starts fighting on your behalf. When he tries to accuse you, God starts fighting on your behalf. When he tries to wreak havoc in your life, God starts fighting on your behalf. And God is a God who has never lost a battle. He has never lost a case. He has never lost a child. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, leave the 99 and go get the one that's lost. That Jesus left heaven for you and I. That he left his throne. He left all of the glory and the splendor of what was going on in heaven and said, there's one that is lost. And I'm going down on the 27th of February in the year of our Lord 2023 and I'm going to redeem that one who is lost and over 2,000 years ago that's exactly what he did he redeemed us because we were lost verse 19 we know that we are children of God there's that word again we know again this is what the the context and I want to teach you some some Bible uh, interpretation here just quick course in homiletics we know we know in verse 18 we know in verse 19 we know in verse 20 this repeating uh, phrase is really what the text is about to have knowledge we know that we are children verse 19 we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one now, this comes out of the revelation of John uh, that we just studied on yesterday. If you read the entire context of revelation, the evil one is given a certain amount of time to rule here on earth before Christ returns and he comes back as a conquering king. He's no longer, as one of my friends said, the lion that was slain, but he comes back now as uh, the lamb that was slain, but he comes back as the lion to do war. And so he reminds us here. He reminds us here in this text is that the evil one has this world under its control. And as we have shared, the evil one comes to dull our senses, to play with our minds, to have us pulled away from the things of God. But we know. You see, to, to know sense means that there is something settled in me. We know. 
like like I know without a shadow of a doubt I'm saved. How, how do you know? How do you know? It's like it, it, it's almost impossible. But if I can tell you this quick story, uh, there, there was an atheist and an atheist is mother, grandmother uh, and, and her child grew up, turned away from the church because of the trauma that had occurred in his life. And the mother went to visit the son. He had had a terrible accident, went to visit the son in the hospital and she tried to encourage him to pray. The son refused and said, Mama, I don't believe in your God. Your God wouldn't have allowed me to be in this shape. And in her own way, this mother began to share Christ. And she asked her son a litany of questions. She asked him first, he, she asked him, Ken, I see your pain. And he looked at her with a confused look and he said, Mama, you can't see where I'm hurting. It's inside. She asked him, can you feel my pain? And he said, Mama, you, you can't feel my pain. It's all over my body. And she looked at him with the greatest grace she could offer and said, that's Jesus. You can't feel him. You can't see him. But you have to know of a surety that he is in you. She offered Christ to her son and in that moment tears welled up in his eyes and he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ because what was happening inside of him was something he could not explain to her or articulate, but it was something he felt deep. It was the pain of the trauma that had happened in the accident. The mother was trying to share with him the triumph that comes when we put our life in the hands of Jesus. That there are times you may not feel him, but you must know of a surety that he is there. There are times that you may not sense him. You must move beyond your fleshly senses and know that he that has begun a good work in me shall establish it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul comes here. I mean, I'm sorry. The writer John says, we know. We know. Verse 19. We know. Verse uh, 18. We know. Verse 20. And I'm done. We know that the son of God has come to give understanding. Look at that word. He's come to give understanding. Proverbs declares in all that getting, get understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. The writer closes out this letter, these verses, by telling us that because we know Christ, because we know him as our Lord and Savior, we know him to be true, meaning there is no falsehoods in him. We know that we have eternal life, that Zoe life, that, that promise that Christ gives us now to live as free citizens in the kingdom of God. Saints of God, I, I encourage you to read the entire chapter, chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, and you will glimpse and see that we overcome, not simply because we know, but because God made an investment in us. And the return that he's looking for is that we invest in others. There's, there's something in the financial arena called R, ROI, return on investment. When God invests in us, he calls us to make a return on that investment by investing in others. Today, your challenge, your application is invest in someone, invest in their spirit, invest in their growth and development. If they need help, invest in them financially, offer some service to them. And as you do what God has called us to do, be the arms and feet of Christ 
then God gets glory and his investment is secure. Amen. Saints of God, grab your communion. And as we commune with the Lord, we commune knowing, knowing that we are born of Christ. We're born and God keeps us safe. Amen. Powerful text. Powerful text. Enjoyed the study of this on yesterday. Grab the bread and on the night that Jesus would be betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and said, take, eat ye all of it. And they did. Likewise, he took the cup, said this cup represents my blood, which is shed for you. Take and drink. And they did. After eating from the bread and drinking from the cup, they go to a familiar place. This familiar place is called the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. He goes to a place where olive trees were all around him. Goes to a place, it's a grove. And if you've ever read and understood what happens to an olive tree, in order for the oil to be extracted from the olive, it has to be crushed. It has to be crushed. It has to be stepped on in such a way that what's in it comes out of it. Saints of God, when Jesus went into prayer that fateful evening, his spirit was being crushed. His will was being crushed. And what began to come out of him was the oil of the anointing. Ah, the, the anointing that breaks yokes, the anointing that destroys burdens. He was crushed, he was bruised, he was pierced, he was crushed. And as the oil flowed, salvation started to flow with it. As we enter into prayer, we enter now with the names on this prayer list of situations and we're believing God this morning that the oil will flow. That the oil will flow. That the anointing of God will flow. Just uh, as the Psalter said, as it flows down like the oil flows over the beards and gathers in the skirts. We want the oil to flow this morning. We want the fresh oil of the Holy Spirit to flow over our lives. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you for the oil of your anointing. We thank you for the oil of your presence. This morning, God, from the crown of our heads and gathered around the ankles, God, let your oil flow. Let your oil flow, God, that we might be changed, God, by the touch of your presence. And though, God, we don't always sense and we know of a surety that you are with us. We know because you protect us. We know because you provide for us. We, we know, God, because you petition on our behalf before the throne of God. And so this morning, God, as we lay hands on this prayer list, God, we, we pray that the same oil that rescued us from sin now rescues them from the situations they're facing, rescues them from unemployment, Rec rescues them from loneliness, rescues them from bereavement, rescues the brother with a troubled mind, rescues that marriage, rescues the wayward child. God, send down, send down the oil of your anointing, God. Father, we thank you this morning, God, for our children, our families, our wives, our spouses, God, our the husband, God, that's caring for his family. God, send down an anointing. And as the oil flows, God, as the oil flows, God, 
Father, let your countenance rest upon them like it rested upon Moses when he comes out of the mountain after spending time with you. Bless us as we as we go forward, God. We bless you. We thank you. We honor you for the oil. And this is what our prayer is this day in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Saints of God, that has been our devotion, our prayer, our communion. Continue to walk with God. Day 27. Subscribe, share, like as we continue to build the kingdom of God for his glory and our edification. Amen. Until tomorrow, may God's grace and may God's peace be with you all. In Jesus' name, amen.